Every year in the United States, there's between 1.7 and 4 million sports-related concussions. Half of those go unreported, and the majority of the reporting is actually still done by pen and paper. Synaptech is a company trying to make a huge difference in the medical technology market with their concussion data management software. This week, we sat down with the founders, Kate Van Pelt, Doug Van Pelt, and James McCollum to discuss their company and how they got started. The Louisville and Lexington tech scene is buzzing with medical technology companies, and this is definitely another one you need to make sure you pay close attention to. So take a listen. Middle Tech Podcast. You've got Evan Knowles here. We are in Base 110, the new media center. Uh, so this is our second episode out of this spot. Uh, and today we've got an awesome episode with a company called Synaptech. So we have four people crowded around the mic here. Uh, we'll introduce everybody. we got Kate, Doug, and James. So uh, they started Synaptech uh, how, much, how long ago? How long has it been? So in the fall of 2018 and then incorporated in just April of 19. So yeah, pretty recent. Relatively new. So uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to walk you through kind of how the company got founded, why it got founded, uh, walk you through the product and their experiences of being entrepreneurs <clears throat> and this whole experience of taking an idea and building a company out of it. And uh, they're just beginning their journey. So it's uh, a lot of the companies that we've had on so far are, are later in their stages and um, have revenue or, or have proven success. So it's going to be cool to hear from a company that's just now getting started and, and hear from a different phase of a company. So um, let's go ahead and, and get into it. So let's let's go over backgrounds. Uh, Kate, if you want to start, we'll just go around the circle here, uh, talk about where you're from, education background, and, and how you got to Lexington. Sure. So I grew up on the East Coast, was born in uh, Connecticut, and then went to college up in Massachusetts at Holy Cross. Decided uh, maybe wanted to be a professional hockey player, so I grew up playing ice hockey, and that that didn't work out. So I decided I had to get a good college degree, and thought I wanted to be a MD, a doctor, and that didn't work out. So then I decided I'd be a researcher, and so ended up uh, after Holy Cross working for a bit in the hospitals out in Boston doing research, and loved it, and then ended up out at University of Michigan. And so based on my interest studying the brain and growing up playing sports. I decided to study concussions, and so got my PhD out at University of Michigan to, to study head trauma and specifically concussions. You played hockey? Yep, ice hockey, yep. That's a good sport to get a good old concussion. It is, but uh, I only had one doing that, and probably had a few others because I had two younger brothers, so... Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you got beat you know. up a lot. <laughs> yep, yep. Intense pillow fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a little sister, I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Doug? Um... Yeah, I'm also an East Coaster, but uh, that's actually not where I uh, met Kate, so uh, Kate and I are married, um, and I grew up in New Jersey, uh, I've been to a few different places, um, went to Rutgers University for my undergrad, exercise science degree, went to get my master's degree in the same field at University of Texas, Austin, and then I ended up at the University of Michigan, similar to Kate, to get my PhD in exercise physiology, uh, focusing on metabolism. And uh, that's where Kate and I met, and uh, we primarily moved down here for our uh, research work we do now at the University of Kentucky, 
Um, and so that's kind of how we ended up here. And um, I'm sure we'll get into it kind of led to. So why UK? Why did you choose Lexington? Well, that's uh, particular to, um, I guess, the mentor and boss I wanted to work with. So I study muscle biology right now, and muscle atrophy is my uh, area of focus. So I work with a mentor here at the university that was doing some work that I wanted to do. Gotcha. All right, James. Yeah. Um, so I'm from I'm from Lexington. Um, so uh, I actually met Doug um, through Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, so that's kind of how we we all kind of. Um, came together. We've been training together for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, born in born in Cleveland, Ohio. Actually, my dad was stationed up there for the Coast Guard. Um, moved back down here six weeks or so after I was born. Um, went to Lafayette for for high school. Um, started in the, uh, the mechanical engineering track at UK. Um, thought I wanted to to be an engineer, and and turns out I uh, really wanted to kind of be more on the design side, more on the research and development side of things. So. Um, bounced around from a couple career choices or, or major major tracks, if you will. Um, thought I'd go into the communication space and uh, ended up uh, just deciding to, to go to BCTC for a little bit and, uh, you know, until I figured it out. Um, while I was there, um, got back into an interest that I had in the, uh, you know, my high school time. I'd taken, the, you know, a couple um, web design and development <coughs> classes. Um, so I started kind of going down that computer science track at at BCTC, um, and I'd been going to school so long, they were, they finally, uh, finally said, "Hey, here's a couple of associate's degrees. Um, you you got to kind of make a choice uh, what you want to do." And um, interestingly enough, I, I was bartending actually right over here at the Village Idiot. Um, had a conversation with a guy at a bar or at the bar um, upstairs, and um, ended up landing uh, through some connections that he had, landing a, an internship over at Able Engine. Um, when they were at a, a couple locations um, previous to where they're at now. So um, I was kind of at that crossroads of, uh, you know, do I, do I continue my bachelor's degree? Um, I've got a, an eight-year-old, and, and she had kind of just come into the world at that time. And, and so uh, I made the, the choice to, to take that full-time internship. It was almost like a contract position. I was working full-time, um, bartending on the side just for some extra cash. And um, kind of got me into the, the industry. My, my background is definitely not the uh, that ac- academic route. Um, I'm, off, you know, pretty much by and large self-taught, and uh, you know, through a lot of really good mentors in the, the industry that I've been in. But I've I've been a uh, kind of designer, developer, product manager for you know ten or so years now. Um, spent some time in the marketing and advertising space, and um, kind of gave me the skill set to to help out where where Doug and Kate um, needed some help. So brought me on board. That's awesome. So you and Doug met in jiu-jitsu. Uh, <clears throat> where did the idea come from? When, where did, when, when was the first time the idea of Synaptech kind of first got thrown around, and where did it come from? Sure, I guess that probably starts with me. So I followed Doug down here at uh, University of Kentucky, and it was an idea that slowly was kicking around in my brain, and it was one of those ideas that you couldn't just let go. Um, the idea started is because I worked on a large concussion study with over 30 sites involved. And at all these sites, what I saw was an issue is collecting all this data and managing all of it. So for example, today, the Air Force Academy, between, between today and tomorrow, has to collect data on 1,100 cadets, and that's just their freshman class. Yeah. That's a huge amount of data these, these clinicians have to compile and then interpret it and use later on. 
and it was just a struggle. It was, it was in an age where we have the kind of technology and the skills to make this process a little easier. And I just kept on thinking, well, why don't we do that? Why don't we find a way to make that data management process easier for our clinicians so that they can manage their patients and the care of their patients rather than the data? Um, and so luck has it is one of the first you know emails I got as a new employee at UK was from uh, the Entrepreneurship Center of UK and about their boot camp. So I sh- uh, kind of shot them an email and met with uh, Warren and uh, Miriam, and they told me about the boot camp and said I should come in and and start it and started the boot camp on my own to kind of sort out is this an idea I want to pursue is it you know worthwhile is it actually a business or is it just an idea. Uh, and it kind of evolved and snowballed from there. And then in the spring, I brought Doug on or recruited him. Um, and then from there, uh, we, we brought <laughs> How does that work? on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I want to use Kate's story a little yeah. bit as a source of inspiration, maybe for anyone out there that's kicking around this idea and maybe, you know, nagging at you and not going through it. Because, of course, you know, being married, living together, there was a lot of discussions where she would bring this idea up to me. And, for us, in the, being in the academic world, taking this leap to something that's so, um, you know, 90 degree turn from where we are now, um, you know, it was a big leap for Kate to really, I think, um, you know, go through with actually pursuing this idea and taking time and sharing the idea with others. And um, it's a lot of discussions we had to kind of say, hey, let's give it a try. What are you waiting yeah. for? Why not? Yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen? No yeah. one likes it. Yeah, well, then yeah. It was yeah. One of those you things, gave it a shot. Yeah, Absolutely. It, was, it was one of those things where I, I think you have these moments in your life where you're like, I'm going to regret if I don't try this or don't see it through. And, and this was definitely one of those things. Um, but I will say, the you know starting with the UK boot camp through the rest of the Lexington community, they've definitely fostered that idea and have helped kind of guide me through all these steps these past kind of eight or so months. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really why we're where we are today with, with Synaptech. Yeah, sometimes I feel like sharing the idea is one of the first most important steps because the second you get it out there, you get feedback. But I think most importantly, you get the pressure on you of, hey, I just shared this idea with people. Uh, if it's a good idea and I get feedback on that good idea, then I have the pressure of making it happen yep. because you know you hate to see, just hear a good idea and not see anything you know, happen of it. If, if the person that's sharing that is passionate and has you know, a lot of knowledge of that, of that idea, um, so those 1,100 freshmen that you just mentioned going into the Army, how are they collecting that data today? What does that process look like? Sure. So, so that's at the Air Force Academy. The Air Force, this, yeah. yeah. But a, a similar process will, will go on if it hasn't already at uh, West Point. And so it's a, very much a hybrid system right now. Um, so I, I don't want to uh, speak to exactly how they're doing it right now. I'll speak to how I've seen it done a couple of years ago. Um, and it's very much a hybrid system. If they have the capability to, to do it on an iPad, they'll, they'll do it, but that's only a small subset of those individuals. And because of the mass number that they have to get through in a short amount of time, a lot of it's done on pen and paper. Um, just because it's easier when you're getting all those numbers of cadets through to just write down their scores on a piece of paper, file it away, and then deal with it later. Yeah, got it. So what is the product you guys are building now? What, how does it differ from what you just described? So it's a concussion management platform, um, and this is a broad term to basically say that we're going to digitize the current standard of care for concussion. Uh, So there's some competitors out there, some of them are trying to make a a new form of a test or something like that, 
we're focused on improving the current process for our clinicians and athletes and service members so that the standard of care guidelines are met and they're more efficient and they're less painful of a process to do. And so the first thing we have to do is digitize the standard of care tests. By doing that, we're gonna make it easier for all the clinicians to do those assessments, whether it's on a tablet. And then all that data now is already in that electronic system. So you don't have to hand enter data into an electronic system, it's already there. And that means it's easily accessible whenever and wherever you need it in a very timely fashion. Because right now, you can imagine all those paper forms, they get filed away somewhere they may or may not be accessible on the sideline. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty incredible right now, actually. You have a, in this day and age, where if you've just gone to your doctor uh, for a visit anytime recently, you see them doing everything electronically. All health records are going electronic. And with concussion care, is a very unique scenario where the international consensus for standard of care really is assessing these athletes before they participate in the military or in sports for the season. And then if a suspected injury occurs, they have to retest them to compare it to this baseline value and then tracking them throughout recovery process before they can return to normal activities. So there's a lot of data going on. And so it's, it's just shocking to think about how in this day and age, there is not an efficient electronic system for management and visualize, visualization and real-time access to this data. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's what we're hoping to bring with Synaptech. And when it comes to the design, James, this might be the question for you, is, is how are you making sure that the input of this data and the visualization of it and the, um, the readbacks that these people need to get is, is what it needs to, needs to be? How, how do you go about thinking of designing this kind of product? Yeah, so, you know, in the, the past couple of minutes, um, you know, I think the, the listeners can, can kind of try and wrap their head around how, how complicated something like this seems. Because when I, when I was brought in, Doug kind of slow played me. Um, you know, we were on the mat one day and, and he brought me, uh, you know, brought me to the side and was having was probably of, after he just choked me. Or something. <laughs> yeah, no. Who usually is? Who's the better fighter? Man, we're, we're right at the same rank. So we okay. kind of trade uh, yeah. back and we'll forth. Keep, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it humble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I heard the idea and, and my initial thought, like, you know, I've had conversations with friends and they're like, hey, you're the tech guy. Can you make me a website? Or I've got this idea for an app. Um, and so I'll hear them out for five or 10 minutes. And it's, you know, throughout my career, it's maybe materialized into a couple marketing landing pages or uh, maybe some quick um, UI design or um, just more consulting type work. Um, but this was the first time that I, that I really thought this thing had legs. And so before I actually started, um, you know, clicking around on the screen, what I really wanted to do was, was understand that user experience a lot more. Um, and, and so you've heard Kate and Doug talk about the mass amount of data. I think it kind of, um, it's still a bit understated and in, in the experience that these, these um, clinicians, these athletic trainers, and even the athletes um, are, are put into, this, ex this whole process that they're put into. So you're talking about a roughly six page um, PDF that gets printed out um, per athlete. So we've been working with the, the University of Transylvania. Um, they've got 400 student athletes. So we've got six times 400 every year before the season starts for every sport. You know, or whatever whatever sport, however number, however many number of athletes make up that that sport. Um, so we've got a lot of data, and I'm I'm really trying to wrap my head around the experience. The design, if you 
if you've been doing any type of interface design for a while, it, you know the the designing part's the easy part. It's really understanding their their experience and how we can make software that makes their experience better. Yeah, um, and more that was the important part for me. It's more of enabling their existing processes and making them better. Yeah, with with software and the experience that you're, you're creating that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and they took me. You know what I did. You know I went over to their house, got to meet Buddy the dog. Um, he's a he's a hilarious little chief dog officer. Dog officer. And and I had Kate. You know the first thing I wanted to do was like, all right, pretend I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a freshman coming into Transy, right? And I'm. You know, you're my athletic trainer, and you're taking me through this this um, this con- you know this baseline evaluation. We have to set the baseline before we can evaluate the data later on um, in comparison to that baseline. Should the athlete you know have an event that might be a concussion? Um, and when I went through this, I was like, yeah, I mean, guys, I think I think we could make this you know demonstrably better, like yeah. 10x better than the current solution, which is pen and paper file it away in a filing cabinet, and then if somebody gets concussed on the sideline, you know, the liability that, a, that a, an athletic trainer or in, in higher up the chain, the institution is under to make that right diagnosis, that right call in real time, it's virtually impossible. Are Unless, they even going back and looking at the that's papers? That's the crazy part. They're not. They're yeah, that's what I was going to say. Filed away. Well, if they, yeah, I mean, if they have it available, of course they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the one, I, one thing I want to state is this isn't for a lack of, of trying or wanting to provide good care. It is. It's just a logistics thing, right? If you think about your primary care physician, they have the comfort of their office, their computer, and the whole system there. If you're on the sideline, that's a chaotic They're not experience. carrying a filing cabinet you're on right? the bus. You're <laughs> not carrying that filing cabinet. There's enough going on, and, you know, the athlete wants to get back into the game. There's a whole bunch of competing events going on. Um, so they're trying to sort through all of that and make the timely and correct diagnosis. So if they have the data available, of course they're going to use it. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times they, they probably do not, and yeah. especially at institutions where you don't have uh, you know a lot of athletic trainers, right? You can imagine bigger universities like UK or Michigan, they have a lot more staff. Other universities or high schools even, that doesn't happen. So you could see the yeah. kind of level of care you know vary there. Um, yeah. yeah, you've got, I mean, these tests are, are like I said, they're, it's a six-page PDF. Um, it, it's, a, it's a standardized concussion protocol that's, that's accepted um, by the NCAA and a multitude of other organizations, um, even down to some high school. Um, internationally. Internationally, yeah. It's, it's massive, right? So, Australian Football League. I mean, this is an international yeah, yeah, consensus. So it's a research-based consensus they come to. And, I mean, you have everything from, from number recall to, say, the, the months in reverse order to like balance tests and things like it's not just ask a few questions and evaluate a couple symptoms and that is part of the test um, but what you see is like if you're so what I saw at the end of this experience when Kate walked me through this was how am I supposed to if I'm an, if I'm an athletic trainer if I'm going to put myself in that, those those shoes for a second how am I supposed to with the pressure of coaches and the game and the whole scenario the athlete wants to get back in um, you've got parents that are, are worried about whether or not their 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 child might might have an, an injury. How am I supposed to make a real time evaluation compared to a baseline um, if I don't have that data accessible to me on the sideline? Um, so that's where I really saw the potential here. And I mean, I've always I've always lived by the the saying from a especially from a product design perspective. Um, if you you give me four hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend three hours sharpening the axe. And those three hours that we spent. Um, 
you can extrapolate that into like weeks. We spent weeks trying to understand every kind of little piece of what really, what, what was like this MVP that we could really bring to, to these trainers and say, like, we think this is going to um, improve your day-to-day experience as it relates to concussion management for your athletes, um, you know, by tenfold, if you will. Yeah. This, this is where we feel James's experience is really going to benefit us because a lot of uh, other uh, companies that have tried to come to this space, they don't take the time to see what the trainers actually want and what's going to make their user experience what it yeah. needs to be to make it easier. They're either, number one, trying to invent their own new test, which is not validated, or um, you know they're just not building any products that yeah. are helpful. Yeah. They're not doing the research to see what's needed. Yeah, yeah that's really important. Um, and just to use an example in my life, I know with Avail, our software is designed by architects, and architects are our customer. And you guys yeah. have been in the medical space, and you've been doing design, so it's like you got to make sure you have the right team with the right expertise mm-hmm. to make sure that the product is exactly what the end user wants. You shouldn't make a product and hope that's what the end user wants or imagine what that's what they want. You should know because you have that experience on your team. So it sounds like you have that. Um, a question, and this might be looking you know, into the future, beyond using data to just diagnose it in real time, because you're collecting this large data set of concussion data, do you see that data being used in other ways in the future like to improve the field test or maybe even create new field tests? What are, what are your thoughts around that? I know that's probably a, an often thought about part of your product. Yeah, absolutely. So our hope is with SnapTech, we'll be able to collect data from a lot of different institutions. So not just professional sports or NCAA level where a lot of the research is done now, but even down through high school, middle school. And so tapping into all that data will be massive for the kind of concussion field to understand what a concussion is, who gets diagnosed with a concussion and the recovery trajectories. Um, and especially for female athletes. So a lot of data is based on male football players because that's a large sport. It's easy to get those individuals in for a study. But by expanding our knowledge base and our database, we could really generalize our findings to a lot more individuals. And overall, this is just going to improve concussion care and understanding. So my hope as a researcher is that this database will be able to leverage internally to kind of turn that flywheel of the research. We could develop kind of better tests, figure out what are the key elements of the test that are best for diagnosis, so that our clinicians are only doing the elements they really need to that are most useful. Again, with this focus of efficiency and uh, figuring out the kind of key points they need to do, or maybe there's something we're not assessing right now that we really need to. Um, And so that's the the long-term hope there, is that we're really also giving back to that field um, and just continually improving. Now, this is also an asset for us as a business model that it puts us on the innovation side. And, you know, there is a little, uh, you know, selfish part there, but overall the goal is to improve the the standard of care. Yeah, and and the, uh, you know, it's, I found it interesting that um, with with such a, uh, with with brain trauma being such an important piece of an athlete's overall health and safety, especially long term, um, you see a ton of media from, from the NFL, right? But... Um, what you don't see a lot is, and what I hadn't had uh, really no clue on when, when I kind of joined the team was, uh, you know, how many sports, how many um, organizations could could benefit for or from leveraging, you know, insights from this data um, at a quicker pace. So this this standardized test that, that we've constantly been referring to, um, it's something that's put out on you know a, a four year cadence. Um, that that's because it's completely research driven. So if we can help influence 
um, and inform you know those those research studies that you know the the insights that that are used to help mold these tests for the for the better care of these athletes um, we're all for it and and that's you know that's ultimately what kind of was the the final straw for me to, to join the team is, is I saw a real passion from from Doug and Kate's side of things um, not to go after the money grab right we can talk about how data is king and how this is, I mean, ultimately this is a data company, right? So we're, we're capturing a lot of data, we can evaluate it, we could, we could de-anonymize that or de-identify that and, and sell that later to, to marketers or whoever, right? But ultimately they wanna provide a better standard of care. And when I heard that, I was like, I'm, I'm all in. Like, let's yeah. do this because I think we can make athlete safety a lot better. And on top of that, we do have uh, another part of our longer term vision um, upon building on the research, as, as Kate and James nicely put, uh, we do have a, a, a backlog of other features we see in the future with Synaptic. So right now we're primarily focused and what we're discussing is really leading to our minimum viable product, which is the digitization of the SCAT-5, which is the uh, test we've been uh, talking about and the real-time access to that data. But we do have a web of other features in the future uh, that we have as our long-term goal, such as a communication portal to help facilitate communication between the athletes and patients and their clinicians um, and the physicians to have access, um, uh, tools for tracking the recovery process um, as they recover for return to play uh, after a concussion, um, as well as generating very easy to interpret and uh, easily shareable uh, medical concussion medical records, essentially. Um, so those are also some other long-term goals we have as yeah. part of this project. Makes sense. Um, so talk about how you guys, uh, I'm sure you guys have been throwing around a revenue model. Um, is this a, a SaaS? Obviously, it's going to be a SaaS model, but yeah. uh, what's the revenue model look like, and, and who's your end customer? Yeah, so um, definitely you know, a SaaS product. Um, you know, our, our end customer would be, um, uh, kind of selling to these, you know, athletic departments, um, okay. uh, institutions. Um, we've we've explored, you know, even getting into the military side of things. Kate's got a lot of, of um, connections to the Department of Defense. She's worked on, you know, a few concussion studies with them. Um, but yeah, subscription-based service. Um, we're we're kind of we're not salespeople or or business people by by trade or by by background. So um, that's one of the hurdles we we have to get over is is trying to figure out what's the best way. Um, what's the best way we sell this to people, right? So we, it, it's an easy sell for us to the trainers, um, to, the, to the clinicians, right? They, they need and want a better system. Um, you know, as Doug alluded to earlier, these, these systems that they're using right now are extremely antiquated. They've been kind of developed in a silo without much input from their end user. Um, so we get pretty, pretty positive feedback almost immediately, even... Even before we had, you know, non-functioning prototypes, they, they had great feedback. They were like, if you guys can put this together and it does what you say it's going to do and it's fast and it's responsive and it's intuitive, um, we're all for it. But that's a different sell that we have to make to the people in their department who write the checks. Um, so we have to kind of help them understand how much, um, you know, how much administration time we're going to be able to alleviate um, that their athletic trainers are, are spending because it, it's it's a massive amount of time that um, you can imagine if we've got two to three athletic trainers going through 400 students before the season starts, um, you can imagine the, the administrative burden that's happening with a pencil and paper solution right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of hours. So, um, you know, we've we've looked at, at you know, a couple um, theoretical models, if you will, from a revenue perspective. So, 
um, you know, per athlete, per, you know, uh, per year basis. Um, so kind of like selling per seat, almost, you know, like a Slack model. Yeah. Um, but we've also looked at kind of just an all-in-one fee. Um, and, and what we're really doing is trying to get feedback from, from our potential customers to understand what, you know, what, what revenue or, you know, what pricing model that, that would resonate for them more. Because we're really, we're working with athletic budgets here. So we're talking about fiscal year budgets. Um, we've got to sell to, to the person that writes the check. And that's different in every, you know, with every institution that we talk to. Um, so sometimes it's, you know, a head athletic trainer that can make a decision up to a certain dollar amount. Sometimes it's, you know, the athletic department director. Um, and, and Kate's definitely been, you know, more um, exposed to that stuff than, than I have. But what we've seen is um, everybody, it kind of resonates with everybody when we put a number to it. So we're talking about forty to $50,000, give or take, um, to add an additional athletic trainer to the staff per year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be, you know, half, maybe less than half than that. Um, and, and be able to do, you know, alleviate the administrative burden of, uh, you know, two to three of those athletic trainers. So that's, that's 40 to 50 grand to add another person to keep doing the status quo. Um, to us, it, it doesn't really make sense to, to, you know, to continue to go that, that route, right? Because with us, you're getting, not only are you getting a discounted price model, you're also getting these insights um, and a better standard of care and potentially better performance from your athletes. Yeah, that's important to mention for sure. Yeah. Um, are you guys going to be web-based? Are you guys going to have an application? What's it going to look like on that end? Yeah so, that yeah, so we'll, um, you know, we're actually moving into uh, kind of MVP development right now. Um, we, we will have a web-based solution. A lot of these, uh, these trainers, these, these institutions are, are kind of, um, they've got this, this antiquated software baked in. Uh, desktop software oftentimes on, uh, you know, a Windows-based machine. Um, so what we've seen with a lot of the SaaS companies is, is the ability to um, leverage newer technologies to transition them to maybe a browser-based um, system. Um, we're starting out with, uh, you know, an iOS application, um, namely, uh, you know, uh, iPad yep. um, starting out. So we're, we're actually going down the, uh, the, the Flutter uh, route. So we, we looked at React Native for um, some, some uh, mobile application development. Um, I'm not a, 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 an iOS developer or a, an Android developer um, by trade, um, but I am a, you know, I've got a ton of experience in, in web development design. So uh, my background was, you know, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time in the JavaScript world. So React Native came pretty quick to me, um, but then I, you know, actually was, was chatting with Justin Hall over at Awesome Inc., um, you know, at the uh, Five Across um, competition and uh, you know he was singing the praises of Flutter. So Flutter is a Google project and basically what it does is you kind of write code once um, and it actually compiles down to native code. So to be kind of um, time and, and money efficient what we're looking to do is not necessarily bring on an iOS developer or a, a Java developer early on to, to write these, these uh, iOS or, or Android apps um, what we want to do from an MVP standpoint, so we can so we can um, validate the space, is is actually write it once, compile down to to whatever devices that they may have in their athletic department starting out, um, and if we have to transition later, we have to transition later. That's that's perfectly fine with us. We we understand that that may be maybe a need, but and then there will be a you know a, a browser based um, you know web app component to it later on. Ultimately, it'll be kind of API driven to to wherever we we put the uh, you know the software. So yeah, makes sense. Um, so before we get into questions around you know your personal entrepreneurship journeys, uh, what would you say the next biggest task is for you guys? Where are you at as a company, and, and what do you need to do right now to get it to where you want to be? 
Um, so I think there's there's two things in tandem actually. So as James alluded to, our, our MVP, I think getting now a functional prototype into the hands of the partners we've been working with locally. Um, and then the other thing is Doug and I are working on applying for SBIR funding, which is great because that would help us do this possibly full-time, yeah. uh, which we'd love to do. Because right now I think a big uh, thing that hamstrings us is, is time. Um, so Doug and I are you know, focusing in on that SBIR grant, and then James is working on that functional prototype. And so those two things I think are uh, working together in the goal of getting a MVP out there and into the hands of our, our partners. To yeah, test. again, we want this to be driven by our end user. And, you know, like we were discussing earlier, Evan, is that we, we really value and want their input. Um, you know, I think it was Randall you had on your podcast that said, you know, make, uh, you know, don't make a product that a bunch of people like. Make something that a few people love. Yeah. And, and that's really what we're trying to do with Synaptech. And I really... Um, I can't remember where he got that quote, if that was his own words or not, but, you know, I, I really, that really resonated with me, and um, just because, you know, with our partners here locally, we, we want to get them that working prototype out there so they can love this product and show them how much better the standard of care can be made for concussion, um, and then hopefully, you know, get it to spread yeah. from, from there. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've all got full-time jobs, um, and, and so this is kind of, you know, we're in it for sweat equity right now, um, and, and it's nothing, you know, that, that any of us went into knowing that, you know, that, that, might, that may be the case, um, you know, for a while, but um, what our hope is, is to, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest things that we're running into right now is um, we want to do this, I think, through this journey, we've all found a love for, um, for the entrepreneurial world. This, this startup world is, is absolutely amazing, and the community in Lexington is phenomenal. Um, the feedback that we've gotten from the users that we've been testing with, um, the people that we've spoken to, the Five Across folks, all, everybody at Awesome Inc., um, even when you, know, when, when you and I chatted on Slack the first time, it was like, hey, I think, you know, I think we, we like doing this more than we like doing our day jobs. You know, I think we all like our day jobs, but if we could do this full time, I mean, that's, that's ultimately what we want to do, right? So... Um, we have been charging kind of full steam ahead to, to try and make that a reality. So, so definitely funding and, and getting that prototype for our for our beta program is is probably the the next big step. Just can't excite you building something like yeah. this for for yourself and to solve a problem. I mean, I don't know what does. I mean, it's yeah. it's invigorating. Yeah. Um, so this is all of your all's first step into entrepreneurship and your first ride at it. Um, were you guys afraid to take the leap, or are you, we haven't really. You know, you mentioned that you guys haven't gone full time yet. Um, it sounds like you're really wanting to, but just getting into entrepreneurship in general, what what kind of fears were you feeling and um, you know pushing forward with that? Sure. Uh, one, it's completely uncharted territory, um, so I think there's always a little uh, being tentative about that and kind of stepping into that world, <laughs> having no business background. It, you know, I always assumed you needed to know you know a lot about you know dollars and cents to make something work. Um, I didn't want just an idea. I wanted uh, it actually to have an impact. And so for me, my biggest, my biggest fear is that this wouldn't have the impact on standard of care that we hope. Um, but I think us working very closely with our clinicians, our end users, is helping to mitigate that. Um, because at the end of the day, for me, it was 
not doing this was was kind of a, a bigger risk for me. So, and I'm just learning as I go for yeah. the rest of it. It's a great way to look at it. The the bigger risk is not doing it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I've always I've always wanted to be involved in um, you know in the, in the startup world. It's always been extremely intriguing to me. Um, but you know, I've got got bills to pay and uh, you know a, an eight year old to put food on the table for. So for me, it was kind of like, all right, well, I can kick her. You know, ideas are a dime a dozen, but you know, finding something that that really has legs. And and um, when they kind of came to me with with this idea, like I, I said earlier, I've you know I've had friends approach me with with ideas or. Hey, I've got this next, you know, I've got the next Facebook, and, and I mean, how many times have you heard that, right? Yeah. Um, it turns out they don't have the next Facebook, uh, and they definitely don't have something that's going to let me kind of, you know... Uh, so can we call this the Facebook for concussion management? I don't know if we can get there yet, but, but uh, no, it's, I mean, it, you know, it, it's got a deeper time. My, my dad actually has a traumatic brain injury, so I've seen, um, you know, when they came to me with this this kind of management system for concussions, and I've had probably... 15 concussions. I played football my whole life and uh, been in a couple of really traumatic uh, car and motorcycle wrecks. And so I've seen the, you know, the impact of concussion directly for, for myself and my family. Um, so it kind of hit home a little bit deeper and, and seeing that we may be able to, to kind of improve that standard of care um, earlier on, especially from an athletic standpoint. I think had I, you know, I, I mean, Kate alluded to, to in, in her five across pitch, the only way she would have known that she had a concussion um, 10, 15, 20 years ago was um, you know, if, if she was knocked out unconscious, but I mean, hell, mogul skiers going down a mountain um, can get micro concussions that they never know about that affect them long term. Um, so to see, you know, to see how we we might be able to make an impact in, in that space um, really was kind of, you know, all I needed to, to dive full. And I was already interested in the, the entrepreneurial world. And now we've kind of all taken a crash course in, um, you know, business school 101. I mean, I I can't speak for them, but I'm I'm literally all only listening to um, every book that I can find on on startups or uh, you know venture funding or angel investing or anything of that nature. So like the design and development, that stuff's the easy part for me. Um, it's trying to learn how to like structure a term sheet and negotiate um, you know uh, you know negotiate equity shares for advisors. That's kind of like I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but we're all figuring it out, and that's the fun part. So it's it's been a ton of fun. Yeah, you guys mentioned you know the personal aspects of your life. You know, you guys uh, have just gotten married within the last year and a half. Oh, you right. have a kid. Yeah. What's it like going into entrepreneurship with these and balancing with your personal life and the different things you have going on? Don't ask you know, my financially, <laughs> yeah, financially, so, yeah. and just your time. You know. Yeah. So. Um, in terms of, of Kate and I, uh, a personal journey, you know, being married and doing this together, uh, I will say has just been far more positives than, than negatives. I mean, I, I, I really honestly think we have trouble thinking of negatives. Um, it's a lot of benefit for us to just have this journey together. It's uh, not only the personal journey of growth for building the company, but ourselves as a team, uh, you know, we're now husband and wife, but also business partners. And um, it's actually been quite an exciting journey. And yeah, there's just challenging times where, you know, you have to be hard on one another uh, in, a, in a positive way though, you know, you have to give constructive criticism. Um, I think Kate, you know, probably disliked James and I quite a bit when we were trying <laughs> to perfect our five across pitch, but yeah. in, all in a fun, good way. You, you did know? great by the way, that was uh, awesome. Yeah, you. and yeah. so, but all of that is just part of this journey that's that's really, if I could speak to it, has been nothing but but just great. Um, and you don't mind the hours at night and the weekends having to put towards this. Um, as, and so 
yes, there's always challenges, you know, thinking about how are we going to have money to do this and, and that and, you know, all those stresses. But I, I can say at least so far, you know, with all the things we've discussed so far, seeing the excitement for this product and the support we've seen in the community so far, you know, at Five Across and UK Boot Camp and others, that they really instilled a lot of confidence in us uh, so that on a personal level, I, I think this brings a lot of enjoyment uh, oh, yeah. to our daily routine. Yeah, that's great. And James, you, you mentioned you had a kid. Yeah, I've got a, an eight-year-old daughter um, and a uh, girlfriend that, uh, that all live we all live in the same house with four dogs and uh, a, a rabbit now, so we've got that, <laughs> we've got that in the mix. So um, I'm, I'm there feeding the rabbit a little bit less. Um, definitely some late hours, so sleep's at a premium right now. But um, I've, if you can ask anybody that that knows me, I've I've always kind of stayed busy, um, whether it's training or work or. Um, you know, trying to do something on, on my own. And, uh, you know, I think having a purpose behind it now um, has, has been extremely rewarding. You know, we, it, it doesn't take a whole lot. Um, you know, if it's something that you really want to do, um, it doesn't take a whole lot to, you know, to pay for a sketch license or an Adobe subscription um, and, you know, get some, some research done, some user research done, some, you know, some questions with, with potential customers and, um, things of that nature. So it's, you know, we're not in it for, for a lot right now. Um, we've actually, you know, had the, the fortune of, you know, uh, recently winning an Amber grant. We, we, uh, we won the, uh, the UK um, boot camp. Uh, so we've got, a, you know, a, a little bit of money in a newly established bank account that I need to go sign paperwork on. But, um, but yeah, I mean, not, I mean we're, we're, we're also not, you know, we're not, we don't have a bunch of servers bleeding cash right now. You know, our, our uh, our burn rates uh, pretty pretty minimal, if if uh, non-existent at all. So, um, it's nice to have. I mean, we understand that, that we're going to be in that space where, where we have to, to get to that um, eventually. But um, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been extremely rewarding. My my girlfriend, like I said, she she um, kind of gives me some crap every now and then of. Oh, you're going to, to Kate and Doug's again tonight. You were just there last night, and it's like, yeah, but you know, we're we're doing something, and and you know. We think it's got legs, and yeah. uh, you know, if it doesn't, then we can go to Disney later. You know, yeah. it's not something that we need to to worry about right now. But <laughs> this is, you know, we can handle it. So, yeah. but it's a it's a family affair because I practice the pitch with Ashley and uh, Lake and James's daughter. So, uh, it's we get everybody involved, and they had some great feedback too, some yeah. good questions. So, <laughs> the, it's it's been fun because I think we've had everybody involved, and seems like everything you know everyone's excited about it. Well, just that you know. I've even seen, and I'm sure, you know, I know Kate doesn't mind me sharing this, just a personal growth in, in Kate herself. I think she's humbled to a fault, as James has said to me before about her, that I think when he first met her, he was sort of blown away by not only, she has such a vast knowledge of concussion, um, really is is for her age and where she's at in her career, well-respected by individuals in that field, and, and really carries a passion with her. And it's been nice to see Kate's growth as well to, to really want to push the field, be a leader, and, and leverage Synaptech to, to be a leader in, in the field. So it's been very satisfying. That's great. You guys were kind of alluding to it earlier, which was the support and um, the resources like the university and Awesome Inc. Talk about what Lexington, the community, has provided you guys so far and uh, how that's helped. Sure. Uh, so I think really Snaptech really got started with me at the UK boot camp. So you could join as a member of the university or as a community. And so uh, I joined as a community member. 
and it's been phenomenal. So with open arms, I kind of said, hey, come on, join, you know, test it out. Um, the group that we went through the boot camp with was amazing. They were all in the same boat. New ideas, trying to figure out, hey, is this a business, is this not? Who are our customers? Everything from business model canvas to customer validation, market research. They take you through the whole series of basics, which, you know, getting a PhD in concussion, they never teach you any of that, but um, learning just on the fly everything and, and being so supportive, you get a ton of free resources. Uh, Miriam and, and Warren are phenomenally big just shout, motivated. Big shout out to yeah. them. They, those yeah. two are just yeah. amazing yeah. people, yeah. so thank just, you to Warren and Miriam. Just not even just the knowledge base, but the, the support. I mean, they really build that foundation so that you feel comfortable taking that leap. So, so that was all fall, and then in the spring, they have now called the Bootcamp 2.0, where they invite back a subset of the people from the fall to continue into the spring and do some more intensive uh, training. And so we were a part of that, and, and James and, and Doug joined on at that point when it really became a real idea and a, a real business. Um, and you do a little more kind of intensive uh, business development at that point, and they really kind of push your, your business model and yeah. um, your, your validation. And they bring in a lot of great speakers from the community. So you have these great interactions and you meet people that you probably wouldn't have met. You know, uh, Doug and I and James, mostly Doug and I are not in that entrepreneur space. Uh, so having that really opened up a ton of doors and contacts. Uh, we met uh, Sam Razor, who, who runs uh, Hippo, which is uh, vet software similar to kind of ours and so we, hit, we picked his brain a lot and just a ton of resources through that boot camp that really set us off on a whole yeah. other trajectory. I think people you know if you're if you're out there listening to this and, and you think that you have to be in Silicon Valley to get into the startup space to build a company um, I mean we're we're proof positive that that's just not the case and especially with with the Lexington community, the, I mean Louisville's great for it. Cincinnati's awesome for it. Um, the support from the community to to have to to push people into that space of like, let's create, let's make something, let's make an impact, let's make a difference. Um, it's it's phenomenal. Um, I've worked with um, you know with Keith and and Justin over at Apex Software for a couple of years now. So I've been in and out of Awesome Inc. Um, you know more times than I can count. Um, Met up with Keith McMunn, um, who's was a phenomenal MC at the uh, you know the Five Across yeah. event, um, and you know met up with him before um, you know this whole process got started. Actually, just just asked him. I was like, hey, you mind if if I come by and chat and you know chat about Five Across? We're thinking about jumping into it. We just won the the boot camp, and, and I mean, welcomed me with open arms. Sat down and had a, a great conversation. Had so much feedback, so much. Um, you know, so many suggestions of, of what to do next and how to navigate it. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, five across is, is great. If you, if you can, I mean, it's five bucks to enter, right? You, I mean, if you got an idea, just throw your name in the hat, right? Um, and, and then they, you know, they hooked us up with a, you know, with a great startup coach, uh, Drew Sutton, who's phenomenal, uh, sat down with him for two and a half, almost three hours and, um, had our, had our pitch. I mean, he didn't. He didn't explicitly say this, but we had our pitch completely obliterated and had to rework it in like three days. So. He basically said that was great. Just um, do it. Don't 
do that. Yeah, do it not that way. We're gonna fix this. Yeah, but he was, but he was in a very constructive, super constructive. Yeah, yeah, he was very helpful. But I think you know, fun to talk to. Yeah, and I think Kentucky realizes the talent that's coming out of here. Realizes the the minds and the the entrepreneurial spirit that it has to be able to foster in in this in this area. Um, and, and, you know, they've, they've put their money where their mouth is. You know, Doug talked about this SBIR grant that we're going after, which is, um, you know, it's a quarter of a million dollars that we're able to be, you know, have matched by the state of Kentucky if, we, if we're, you know, fortunate enough to win it. Um, that's a, that's a, that's non-dilutive funding right there. I mean, if we can get half a million dollars to, it's a to make this company, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're in the right, you know, on the right track. So, um, I think it shows the the state's commitment, you know, to the community, and and the community definitely backs it up with the people in, involved in it. So. Yeah. So where do you guys see? This is always the last question. Where do you guys see Lexington as a community going, and where do you hope to be uh, as a company and want to be a part of that community going forward? Sure. Uh, so I may be biased just because we're more of a, a tech software company, but I think I think even in the last podcast or a couple ago you guys were talking about the Microsoft coming to Louisville so um, for me I see kind of a big push into this kind of software uh, tech space uh, not just in Lexington but maybe broader in in all of Kentucky and you know that could just be because I'm focused in that space right now just based on snap tech but I think you have a lot of people coming to this area or learning with the skill set either in computer science or data science and and having that technical knowledge that want to stay here make a difference in this community or in this commonwealth Um, and so i see that as kind of the potential big development looking looking forward yeah i mean i i I love lexington um you know I've, i've traveled as far as germany and and switzerland and um, just got back from San Diego a while back, and and I love traveling, but I always like coming back home. And I think that seeing Lexington evolve um, and Kentucky in general evolve from a entrepreneurial space over the past decade or so is has been extremely inspiring because I think that there's a lot of untapped resources here, um, and and when people when people figure that out, when bigger companies figure that out, you're seeing a lot more investment from big companies. You're seeing um, you know, companies scooping up these other tech companies around town or, um, I mean, we've got a massive, especially in, in Louisville and, and Lexington, we've got a massive um, healthcare uh, space that, that is just um, ripe for investment and for um, injection of capital and resources and, and, and mines. And I think that um, that's only going to grow, um, especially, you know, if, they, if Kentucky keeps, you know, making the financial investment that they're, that they're making in these, you know, these startups and these individuals, um, you know, it's 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 going to be um, yeah, it's going to be a moonshot. I yeah. can echo what James is saying. You know, I, I grew up in New Jersey. You know, not far from uh, you know, I was in the New York City area. I then lived in Austin, Texas, which everyone knows is a huge tech scene, booming city, growing. I was living in Ann Arbor, and you know, then moving to Lexington. You know, Kate and I are, are still so new here, and I, I think. Synaptech has been a journey here that has really opened our eyes about what a, a hidden gift Lexington is uh, for entrepreneurs and startups. Um, I really do feel like we're, we're right at the base of a hockey stick curve right now where it's just going to, the scene here is going to really explode. Yeah. And um, we're extremely excited to be a part of it and really to help build it. And I, I think it's really made us so uh, it has made us so excited to be here a part of this community and, and that we've landed here uh, really um, 
in terms of Synaptec by luck yeah. uh, for us. So it, it's very exciting to to be a part of this. I mean, even even dollars and cents wise, when companies realize you can pay a quarter of the cost of labor, um, the cost of living is is in nowhere near comparable to like the San Francisco, you know, the Bay Area. It's I mean, it makes makes no sense when we've got tools like Slack. We've got you know our, our project management software that everybody's on already. Um, Zoom, Zoom, yeah, Zoom. You're able to get on video calls, like, and you don't have to pay three thousand dollars a month for a studio apartment for a closet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, people are gonna quickly realize like I can reduce my overhead. I mean, just from a business sense, it makes makes sense to distribute your team at the bare minimum. But why not? Yeah. Okay, we've got some phenomenal businesses here that that have their headquarters here. We've got the likes of. You know, Valvoline right down the street. So it's like there's there's companies here. Oracle's in the building we're in right now. Yeah, Base I mean, there's it, and we've it's got the Middle amazing. Tech podcast. Yeah, yeah that's right. Away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to answer the question about where we where we see Synaptic going, um, we're we're I mean, we're actively looking. Um, I think we've we've kind of switched gears. We were we were kind of on this um, had so many little things that we were doing, meeting with potential advisors and. Um, you know, getting ready for five across, getting you know, getting the uh, the boot camp wrapped up. That um, we're we're kind of in that next phase of getting our MVP to our pilot program, our, our beta program with uh, you know with with a couple select, um, uh, whether it be uh, core physical therapy or or um, transy. We're we're looking for you know a couple other potential partners for beta program. Um, but we also want to get this, you know, you know, get this idea, this business model, this, you know, our whole pitch in front of as, as many people who could potentially throw some cash at us to, to do this full time. You know, I've, if I've learned anything from, you know, from listening to all the audio books that I have, it's that investors want to make sure that, that you're committed to this full time. And that's definitely what we want to be doing. So um, we've got some, some pretty aggressive, um, you know, three month and six month goals. Um, that that we're gonna we're gonna hit, and uh, hopefully somebody somebody likes our idea. So if we can if we can get some cash flow in here, if we can get some uh, some users in here, then then we'll be on the right track. Yeah. So. And if you do uh, like kind of what we've been up to, you can always go visit us out at the the Amber Grant and vote for us over there because that helps us out with the chance to win uh, twenty five thousand dollars at the end of the year. Yeah. So that's a female focused venture that provides small grants uh, to female-led companies, so uh, that was a great opportunity that, that we were also given and uh, potential to have an even bigger impact for us. So You kind of jumped ahead of me there. So Sorry. You're Sorry. good. You're good. That's great. Shameless plug. Where, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, that's exactly what we need to do here. Where can people find you? Where do you want people to go look for you? Sure. So we are up and running on our website, so synaptech.io, and you can also follow us over on Twitter at synaptech.io. Awesome. That's with a Y. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, we're definitely rooting for you, the whole community, myself. Uh, we definitely want to see this happen. It's definitely a, a very important cause, and it sounds like you guys are thinking of it the right way. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys grow. I really, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the